The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gillen. So very good to have you along with us today on Afternoons with Mike. Happy to be back once again with a guest in the studio. Chris Messina is here, a guy that I recently met. And, you know, it's at one of those uh, friends' homes that uh, a mutual friend of ours, Jim Subers, by the way, who has been a guest on my program before, had a get-together with some friends at his house. And that's where I met you, my new friend, Chris Messina, who has been involved in the Orlando area politics for some time. And I know that you, um, I'm looking forward to hearing your whole story, why and how you got involved in the conservative cause that you're in right now. And I know that's not all that you've done. So Chris Messina, welcome to my program. Thanks a lot, Mike. It's great to be here. And that was a lot of fun, that, that party besides meeting you, which was wonderful. I, I got to talk with a guy who's one of the leading bass fishermen. I know. <laughs> Wasn't that incredible? Yeah. My, my wife got to talk to both him, uh, he and his wife. Right. And uh, it's, he was fantastic. And I didn't get a chance to do a lot of one-on-one with him, but uh, that's a pretty cool gig, you know, fishing for a living. I think that's awesome. It really is. I have to take my kids on his boat sometimes, yeah. so we'll make that happen. But that's not why you wanted to talk with me. <laughs> well, it is kind of fun, though. I'm, have you ever done that, by the way? Have you ever gone out on, on like a, a charter boat like that I, to go I fishing? I have, actually. Off the Keys, I've, I've uh, gone out fishing for a grouper and uh, some other big fish. And I, I did catch one. It, was, it wasn't as big as... Uh, some of the other yeah. ones that were brought in, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now we're not talking about the Goliath groupers, right? No, it wasn't quite that size. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow, those things, those things are bigger than yeah, you are. Yeah, I but mean, it they... was it was about <laughs> half the size of your table here. Yeah, well, you know, when we look at uh, things like what Jim did that day by mm. by opening up his home as he did and bringing in all of these people, because there was a great cross section, like you said, yes, a bass fisherman who mm. happened to be a neighbor of his, as I recall. That's right. But then he had a lot of relationships. And of course, he is one of the representatives for Vision Orlando. I think he's the CEO of Vision Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he is now the person that is at that guiding point, also leads an organization called For Orlando, which is a leadership group of which I'm a part as well. And And it's really fun to see how God is pulling all of these people, and you're one of them, yes. uh, pulling people together mm-hmm. to have the purpose of representing him in this world that we live in today. And it's right. a crazy world that we're living in today, isn't it? It really is. I, I, we are literally in a spiritual battle. Uh, it's the first time I could say in the country where there's there's just a sense of there's good and there's evil and and those are really colliding in mm-hmm. terms of our, our country and I, I feel uh Mike that it really is a time where God is calling Christians to step forward to step out of their comfort zones and to do um whatever they can and I'm quoting Ken Blackwell who's the former um uh, secretary of state of Ohio but he put this really well he said God's calling you to do whatever you can with whatever you have wherever you are. Wow, that's well said. Yeah. That's succinct, but to the point. Right. 
That's why I wish I could claim it as my quote, but it's his. <laughs> it's his quote, and you're giving correct attribution there, so that's awesome. God is calling us wherever we are. And I think that is a main thing. We have a program on this radio station called The Shepherd at Work. Yep. And its aim is doing just exactly what you're you're saying. And our little uh, byline for that program is helping others uh, to represent him wherever they live and wherever they work. Right. So that is really our call as believers. I mean, Jesus in Acts chapter 1 told his disciples that you will be my witnesses. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's amazing the opportunities that that come that present themselves to you. So, for example, I um ran for a political position and uh as you may know, uh, and mm-hmm. uh finished second, was the runner up, but because I didn't get the job that I was applying for, at least this time, it gave me some time and space, and I ended up um, helping to coach my son's football team mm-hmm. and getting to meet a lot of great, uh, great young men and able to speak Jesus into their lives, and that was a real blessing. Now, what did you? What do you do? Let's say for your day job here, what do you do? So, so I have five jobs, and only two pay me, and they don't pay very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're one of the guys that uh, you've got different income streams. Yeah, coming. yeah, yeah. So I run a health IT business. That's my primary job. Um, I'm the sweat labor on a little bit of real estate, um, you know, emphasis on sweat and labor. <laughs> and uh, then um, we have my family, we have a foundation to help kids with disabilities learn. So I help with that. Uh, and then I tutor um, algebra. That, that's a volunteer job. I tutor algebra and uh, to high school students, which is a also a volunteer job. And that includes tutoring some of these football players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm active in terms of um, trying to bring people of God into the the public Into the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that would be especially bringing them into the whole fray of political involvement. Yes, Yes. because, you know, for a long time, Mike, it's uh, we as Christians have kind of thrown up our hands and not wanted to be involved politically. We want to work hard, honor God, love our families, and be left alone. Yeah, we want somebody else to do right. the right thing. Exactly. And and we're living in a time yeah. where we're learning very rapidly that we can't just depend on somebody else to do the right thing. You know, we we can't because the um unfortunately many of the people who've risen up um are doing the wrong things yeah. and have the wrong motives and so that has to be countered with spiritual leaders. Now, you are a believer. Obviously, yeah. you're a person of faith. Yeah. How did that happen? So it happened a while ago. I was um, I was a tr- kind of a troubled youth, and uh, and through a long series of circumstances, I'd done one well in school, but I found myself without a job. Ended up on a construction crew as the kind of the very entry level. I was a mason's helper, mm-hmm. but the con- you're carrying the blocks uh, exactly, and mm-hmm. and the blocks and you know pouring concrete, pouring foundations. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super hard physical work, uh, but the guy who ran the construction crew, he was a believer, and his goal was to bring together craftsmen and anybody else who God sent him. So I was working side by side with people just out of prison, with master craftsmen, mm-hmm. and he was you know, preaching the gospel to us. And that was the 
beginning of you know the you know my conversion experience which was was, was this central florida and no this was in new jersey oh wow yeah so yeah. you dealt with a lot of weather up there too and i did I hard did. work yeah hot yeah. in the summertime cold in the wintertime yeah right? and you know cold when you're climbing scaffolding carrying a chimney liner on your shoulders yeah is, it's pretty tricky i don't think people who have never done that kind of work mm-hmm. Uh, have any idea what you just said right there, but you're talking about having to climb scaffolding right. with a heavy load. Yeah. I mean, it's heavy too. I mean, yeah, you're not yeah. talking about little lightweight materials here Yeah, yeah. and it, it is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that experience really gave me a great appreciation for people who work with their hands. Uh, because, blue collar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, blue collar, white collar, it's, you're just wearing a collar and you know, you're going to work doing the best you can. Yeah. Um, and then, then I ended up, um, because I had done pretty well in school, I, I ended up working for a big computer company, Hewlett Packard. From there, I went to Harvard Business School. Oh, wow. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 You've got, you've had to have, uh, that school really in your mind lately. Oh, with all that's gone on there. Yes. It was a different place, a different school when I when I was there, I'm happy to say. Mm. Unfortunately, the you know, the kind of um, you know, over focus on, you know, what somebody looks like um was not in place then. Yeah. Yeah. It was more on, you know, who you are and what you've done, like more content of character as opposed to, you know, color or or ethnicity or whatever external demographic. Right. Now you went to the Harvard Business School. I did. Mm-hmm. Our governor was a part of the Harvard Law School. He was. He was. Yeah. We, we did not overlap, but but I do know that about mm-hmm. his uh, yeah. background. I think he also went to Yale as well. I, so. I, I uh, yeah, he, I, I may have that wrong. You may have been Yale. Yeah. But at any rate, um, Anyway, so I know it's one of those Ivy, Ivy League schools yeah. up there. Yeah. So it's a big deal that you got to do that. Yeah. And, you know, with that, you, you've mentioned, you've kind of really downplayed yourself. But I mean, to get to do what you did right mm-hmm. there, and that, that shows you a little bit about just how well you did in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, Mike, the most profound experience for me was um, uh, when I got married, our son was born with a disability. And I uh, see so you have Tim Cook's... Uh, uh, Nathaniel's yeah. hope on on the wall, and you yeah. know that that is a really life changing experience. And um, so we just, my wife Julie and I, poured ourselves into in, into our son, and uh, you know, really grew from that. And that gave me just a real commitment to fight for my children, mm. whatever the circumstances, mm-hmm. and try to give them the absolute best life in a free country. Right. And, you know, we should have that. Mm-hmm. America has long had that as its ideal, yep. helping other people, protecting its youth. And right now, Chris, when if a person had been asleep for 50 years and they suddenly woke up and they would wonder where in the world they are right now. Right? Yeah, yeah, they, they really would. I, I think if our founders woke up and walked the streets, they, they would they would be shocked and wonder why they spent so much blood and treasure and sacrifice yeah. and, um, and for what. But I really believe that God's calling a new generation. And, and by this, I don't mean, you know, by age, I mean, across all age segments mm-hmm. to kind of to rise up and get involved. And I really encourage anybody who's listening, who's kind of on the scent of the fence thinking, well, there isn't something I can do. I guarantee you there's something you can do, even if it's just calling your local representative and making your your voice known or writing an editorial or helping a kid at school mm-hmm. or, um, you know, sharing the gospel with 
the guy who comes and trims your lawn. Yeah. You know, I think at times we can we can understand, let's say, why a lot of people who are not believers mm-hmm. are letting things go the way they go because they don't know. A lot of them have never heard the most basic of Bible stories yeah. or the tenets of Christianity. They don't know them. So naturally they're they're going to be lost when it comes to uh, figuring out that truth comes from the Bible. But yeah. for the here's I think the big thing that is catching so many people by surprise is that people who are believers, they too are are their actions often, sadly, are not much different in terms of involvement or in terms of getting out there and trying to make a difference mm-hmm. than people who aren't believers. And yeah. that's, you know, that's seen in voting. I know that the evangelicals who didn't vote in that special election in Georgia mm-hmm. that yeah. made the difference. It turned the the Senate from uh, from being a, a Republican base to a, a majority of the Democrats. And the, the sad thing is, what it was I think two hundred and fifty thousand people mm-hmm. who had voted uh, conservative yep. in the just a few months early mm-hmm. did not show up to vote for that yeah. that most important Senate race, which from the conservative standpoint turned it uh, turned that state liberal. Right. I, I think in conservative circles there's a, a feeling, and we know how it all ends. We know it ends with you know. God establishing a new kingdom on on earth after a lot of trials and tribulations. And so there's there may be a sense that, you know, this is in God's hands, but I think God also gave us agency yeah. and that we need to use that agency. You know, we know the ultimate results are in his hands, but we've got to use our agency and our talents to try to make a difference. Now, when you say agency, that's mm-hmm. a really cool expression. You're right. talking about basically... Just getting involved. Exactly. Taking your own initiative and doing something to to make our country stronger, make the world better, to um, improve the life of a of a kid. Yeah. Just, just so many things. And there's there's so many issues that, that need to be addressed. Just you can just pick one and focus on it and, and make a difference and you will help transform the your community. You know, I'm hoping that this message that you're talking about will resonate mm-hmm. and that a lot of people in 2024 will look around and realize what's happening to us all. Uh, our border is a mess. We Absolutely. know that. I mean, uh, I read this week that even President Biden has admitted that it's a little bit out of control. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to think about all that because it's out of control because of just decisions and inaction. The yeah. very not using the agency that we have at our disposal is part yeah. of the problem right now. Yeah, absolutely. And they're talking about 8 million people at least. We don't I, even I know heard how 10, many. but... Well, it could be 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and fundamentally, these national issues tie back to local issues. So here in Orange County, and, and I think you know I ran for Orange County mayor in 2022, but in Orange County, we have a big problem with underemployment, under and unemployment. Mm -hmm. And when you have massive numbers of unvetted uh, illegals crossing the border, some of them coming here, they're, they're literally taking jobs at the margins from people who desperately need them here in Central Florida. Who are um, American citizens. Who are American citizens. Yeah. And and this whole thing, 
I mean, obviously, it doesn't take a lot of wondering about what motives are. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, you've got to at least be suspicious of what those motives are when you're giving them a driver's license, you're giving them credit cards, you're giving them a cell phone. Right. And you're, in some places, you're encouraging you're, them to vote. You're, like you're actually paying for a plane ticket for them to go to a certain right. area of the country. In some cases, giving them credit cards, pre-filled. Yeah. I, that's just, to me, when I think about that, mm-hmm. you know, there was a, a guy on the radio a number of years ago. I used to laugh at this guy who's a talk show host. Mm-hmm. And he talked about needing to keep his duct tape near him at all times. Because when he would hear news stories, he said, I have to grab that duct tape and wrap it around my head to keep my brain from exploding. <laughs> and I feel like that's exactly what we I feel that to way sometimes do. too. Grab the duct tape here, baby. Start wrapping it. Talking to talking back to the radio, even the radio can't hear you. <laughs> it is. It's like, what in the world are you talking about here, man? This is nuts. That's right. You know. You it, know. You know. My wife is a. Uh, she, she's a legal immigrant. So um, she she came here originally from Malaysia. She went through the whole process: registering, green card, um, citizenship classes. She was fully vetted. That's the way. In the immigration system is supposed to work. Yeah. What we have now are, are you know, divisions of unvetted, mostly, mostly military age men pouring across the border with drugs, with weapons, yeah. Yeah. sex trafficking. It's just such a contrast. We are a nation of immigrants. I'm a grandson of, of immigrants. Yeah. I'm, well, of course, which of us aren't at yeah, some sure. ultimate part? We all yeah. are. Yeah. My family, somewhere down the line, came from Europe. Mm-hmm. I have both Irish and French uh, lineage. So, yeah. yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I'm thankful that they came over. Yeah. And there is a way to do it that is the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we need wide gates and strong walls. Yeah. Well, right now, we have neither. Well, we yes. have no, I can't say that. We have the first, but not the second. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have wide, 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 wide gates. gates. <laughs> the walls have been knocked down to make gates, right? Big, giant ones. I'm not sure that gates would be the word I would use. I think they've basically laid out a, a wide open invitation for all criminals and all yeah. drug dealers and maybe all the cartels to just come on um, over. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to pay for that. Well, Badly. that's that's what the word that's very concerning, isn't it? A lot of people are believing that there is going to be some sort of an event. Yeah. And we pray that it's not like a 9-11 type right. of a thing, but it could be. It could be. I mean, we're paying for it every day in terms of yeah. the unemployment issue that I mentioned, but... But the potential for a catastrophic, as you said, nine, you know, multiple 9-11 events is very high. Yeah. God have mercy on us. And yes. I'm grateful that we can pray and can believe because that's the only way, my friend, I go to sleep at nighttime. Amen. You know, if it, uh, it, I'm not going because I'm encouraged by <laughs> yeah. the evening news. That's yeah. not what's happening. Chris Messina is my guest. We'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3570. With me in the studio today, Chris Messina. 
Chris is a person involved in, I believe, God's work. I think I could just simplify it as that. He does a lot of things. He's involved in politics. He's involved in really urging and trying to gain people's involvement, get people involved. You know, I had a a good friend of mine is Dave Zanotti from the Public Square. He has a a program here on our station on 200 plus radio stations across the country. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned to me one time, he said, what it's going to take for this nation, it's going to take people just like you, Chris, and people like young people coming up who, Mm -hmm. who are seeing the things that are not right and saying, I've got to do something. Yeah. I've got to get involved. And that's what you're you're trying to motivate people to do just that. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know the future uh is relying on our next generation and it's really in some way it, it's it's like a it, it's like a twofold um double-edged sword right now. You see sort of the attempts by the schools to and many of them to indoctrinate our yeah. kids and oh, things no that are not godly. Yeah. But then you see other kids who are stepping, you know, other, uh, not kids, but teenagers and, and, and young people in their twenties who are really stepping up and claiming you know, godly leadership. So um, when there's uh, frustration at seeing what's going on in, in the schools and, and some of the uh, senseless, like almost sheep-like behavior of, of some young people it, the counter to that is seeing uh, people rise up, people like Candace Owens, for example. Oh my goodness, isn't she something? Yeah, you know, who, who are young, articulate, really see the issues for what they are and are not afraid to speak out. Yeah. So there's great hope. You know, when you think about somebody like that, she's mm-hmm. not only, and I think of Charlie Kirk as Charlie another Kirk. one, mm-hmm. another guy who does that, but yeah. Candace is one of these that... She could be right in the middle of the lion's den, you yeah. know, and carry on what it seems like would be a really great conversation with the lions. I mean, she's right. able to do that, right. hold her own, hold her composure, and yet turn that other person who's after her and mm-hmm. trying to badger her with all sorts of words that are inflammatory yeah. and end up making that person look kind of silly. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, not meaning to do that, but just... The common sense that comes out of some of these young people, it it is inspiring and it does give great hope. Yeah, that that that's such an important focus to the focus on common sense because truth, I think, wins out in the end. And what underlays common sense is truth. That's the fundamental yeah. platform for it. And you know, people ask me to describe you know how myself politically, and I say I'm just a practical populist. You know, that's, that's, that's my view, you know, com- what's, what's common sense, what is going to help people and what are we doing that we shouldn't be doing that's yeah. actually not helping people. Yeah. I think that question is a good question that we all need to be asking. Where is common sense? Now, sometimes yeah. we find it in surprising places. Mm-hmm. Another question that I think we need to be asking and really asking people all over the place, what has happened to the rule of law? I mean, Mm. you know, there are laws being broken at that border. We were talking about that in the last segment. There are laws being broken every day. Of course, every and 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 it really comes, unfortunately, from the top, from the the government that's current and currently in power in D.C. Uh, For instance, the Supreme Court passed uh, basically struck down the federal loan reimbursement, but they're doing it anyway. 
with no consequences. And the trouble, we have good laws. I, I saw, let's they're go back to that enforced. for a second. Yeah. You, they're doing it anyway, you said. So yeah, Biden exactly. is forgiving these loans. Right. I saw an astronomical figure last week. Yeah, it's, it's essentially, it's a violation of the Hatch Act and essentially trying to buy votes and doing it in a, a overtly unconstitutional manner that's been prescribed by the Supreme Court. But the Supreme Court doesn't have an enforcement on it. Yeah. There's like a sugar daddy thing that's happening right here. And if we just kind of pass out all of these freebies to you, you'll vote for my party. Exactly. Exactly. And they're really targeting uh, young people. But like you said, there are, and as I've observed, there are many, many young people who are waking up and realizing, hey, what really is in store for us is a kind of feudal serfdom. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the, the, the goodies are nice, but they're temporary and they come with a great deal of danger attached. I agree. They come with great deals of consequences. I mean, a whole bunch of them. And that is a phrase I heard a number of times. Elections bring consequences. And man, has America ever seen that one? Yep, we have. We've seen catastrophic consequences. On day one Mm -hmm. of, uh, of the administration, more things were canceled then we could even get our brain around. I mean, you think about the pipeline. We were energy independent. Right. And we, we in one day, we became subservient to uh, the whole mid Mideast. I mean, it's just like that. Right, right. I'm surprised your program's still going. Well, I'm <laughs> grateful it is. Yeah. I'm grateful it is. Yeah. I thank God for it. And I thank God for the ability that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, again, our program, the aim is, is that we want to look at our life I think through the lens of common sense, right? And, you know, and I think most of the time that that also could be spoken of as through the lens of a, of a, of a biblical, biblical worldview, world because because yeah. the greatest rule book for for human behavior is the Bible. That's exactly right. Yeah, and you know, there was a time that the Bible, by most of, I won't mm-hmm. say all all of, but most of uh, society would have even called it the good book, right? I right, mean, it is. Would, I mean, that's yeah. that's his nickname, the Good Book, the, right? Yeah, and and that would have been used by people who weren't believers, right? And right. and yet they realized that there was this value that was probably the right stuff. And if I could yeah. just get my life in so many people's worldview, and that's why we all have a worldview, right? Every person in life has a worldview. That's right. Now the question is going to be: Is it a good one or a bad uh, one? Right. Right. And, you know, does it align with, you know, the golden rule, for example? Yeah. Do unto others as you would do to yourself. Yeah. And and that comes straight from straight right out of the pages of Scripture. You know, he was way ahead of himself. R.C. Sproul used to say something mm-hmm. that I he, he took that phrase that I just used a moment ago with worldview. Yeah. And he inserted the, theologians. Mm. He said, we are all theologians. That's that's true. The question is yeah. going to be, whose theology do we represent? Right. right. Or, or what theology do we represent? Right. And what do you teach your children? What are you teaching your children? And when they have questions, how are you answering your children? So, yeah, we, we all have a role to play in the yeah. spiritual formation, for better or worse, of um, our immediate family especially. Yeah. But th- our neighbors as well. I agree. Chris Messina, if you've just tuned in, Chris is my guest today. And you mentioned this earlier, mm. that you were a candidate, and yes. you were going for Orange County mayor. That's so, correct. 
Uh, that would have been in 2022. So it that was. would have been the last election. It was the last election. Yeah. Cycle. So Jerry Dimmings yeah. would have been the Democrat. You were Republic, uh, a Republican, right? Right. Right. Although the race ostensibly was a nonpartisan, nonpartisan. race. That's what I was right. thinking. Right. Yeah. But it's it was very clear that he he was a Democrat, um, and I was a Republican. There were two other challengers. One one who was a, a, a Democrat, and one who was more of an independent. Mm-hmm. Um, as well in that race. Now, a lot of people who run for races, and mm-hmm. right now we are, what, about uh, 40 days away from the primary, right? something like that, coming up here in, in our area. People who often run and then, like you, come in second, yeah. uh, they will run again mm-hmm. and have success. Do you, uh, would you be one of those that have aspirations for one day being back there in a race? I I think it's quite possible right now. I still feel that call from God to, to pursue that. Uh, but I'm waiting to see, uh, and doing everything I can to, um, quite frankly, help president Trump win the presidency and to see conservatives, um, uh, elected to positions across central Florida. And then after that, um, at, the end of this coming year, I'll reflect, talk with my family, pray, and then make a decision. Now, you just said something that might have caused a lot of believers to to have like a moment of pause. Yeah. Because a lot of Christians have a difficulty thinking about just the personality of the former mm-hmm. president. I mean, sure. I think his rules, I think his policies, the way he uh, brought in the Supreme Court justices, although I will have to say this past week, when the Supreme Court made the ruling and really just took away Texas's yeah, ability to do what they were wanting to do at the border, mm-hmm. uh, you wonder what in the world's going on even with the Supreme Court. Sure. But when you look back at those things, I don't think anyone could deny that America was a better America right. in the last administration than what we are seeing happen today. But now, having said that, there's mm-hmm. a lot of believers, uh, Christian people who are not able out of maybe even mm-hmm. conscience. Yeah. So how, how do you deal with that? I, I would say don't look at the rhetoric. Don't listen to, you know, overlook the rhetoric. The, the rhetoric sometimes is not good, uh, but look at the results. Look at the policies. So there's a, you know, the aphorism actions speak louder than words. And when you are in a position of that kind of responsibility and power, your actions, your actions are 80% of your impact. Yeah. And yeah. the the words do have an effect, but they're only they're only twenty percent. I also believe, truly believe that this president, this, uh, if God willing, President Trump comes back into office, that he will um, govern f- with a, a more moderate um, tone, but equally and maybe more effective policies. Okay. Were you surprised that Ron DeSantis dropped out this past weekend? No, no, I, 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 I wasn't, and I, I think it was. I think he handled it in a very honorable way. Uh, I think he preserved a lot of political capital by by endorsing President Trump and dropping out. You know what I thought was graciously. And yeah, well, last week, I'm glad Marco, that happened. I think it was last week or week before Marco mm-hmm. Rubio, even before. Um, all of this happened. Uh, he also threw his uh, endorsement toward President right. Trump too. Right. And the other thing with Ron DeSantis uh, is now it lets him fo- refocus on being the best governor in the country, which he's 
he he had been for the previous four years. Yeah, there's no so, doubt about it. Yeah, so he can return to that. And Florida really needs needs his uh, you know leadership this this at this point. Now we, this program is airing the day after the big primary in New Hampshire. So right. it's being recorded on the day of, of that primary. primary. So we do not have at this moment for this show. Uh, knowledge of what actually happened mm-hmm. in the news either last night or this morning. Right. So uh, a lot is going to be really said as we are r- recording this program right now. Right. A lot is going to be uh, thought of throughout this day. What implications will come mm-hmm. from tonight? Um, Nikki Haley has already said that she's in it for the long haul mm-hmm. and we're down to two. And then there right. were two. I mean, right. We're, right. we're only talking to So, Following uh, this New Hampshire primary, there's going to be one in South Carolina right. and Nevada. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. And it another interesting, another mind-boggling thing about New Hampshire was that the President Biden was not even on the ballot. Uh, it's amazing, and and they the Democrat Party, for all their claims, of, unfortunately, about being Democratic refused to let Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the ballot. And he he is a very strong candidate with a lot of crossover appeal. Uh, and so that's not a democratic process at all, how they've handled the, the primary. It's more of a coronation or a selection. Yeah, okay. You brought up the word. I mean, that is it. It's almost like a monarch here. Mm-hmm. And that's sadly what we are not supposed to be doing right. as a a representative and a republic, a representative form of government, and yet we are often seeing realities that would be like we're in Britain. Yeah, I, I think it might even be worse. I, I think we're on the verge of potentially becoming a Marxist fiefdom. Yeah. And, uh, God have mercy. You know, we really have to fight to preserve a constitutional republic. Yeah. So, Chris, let's, in, in the time we have remaining sure. in this segment, let's talk about this thing, going back to the Supreme Court for yeah. a moment. Mm-hmm. When the Supreme Court makes a decision, or let's say they will not hear an appeal mm-hmm. on a situation, on an issue, that would uh, be in that kind of category, like common sense says they should, and that they would back the state of Florida, uh, state of Texas, right. who's trying to do something right, with uh, making that wall possible, uh, what hope does America, what can we as Americans do mm-hmm. when, when the Supreme Court comes down with an edict like that? Do we just push harder and wait for other Supreme Court decisions? What, what, what's the first I, thing? I think we have to keep marching forward. Um, you know, there's obviously different views among the conservatives, because if you've noted among the conservatives about the concept of federalism, which is state rights, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and I personally am a very strong believer that in what the Constitution laid out, that rights not explicitly uh, uh, delineated to the federal government um, are reserved for the states. And so personally, I, uh, I'm not a legal scholar, but it seems to me that decision was wrong. But I know there's a split amongst the conservative justices. The issue is that the liberal or leftist judges, they all vote as a block. And you can, very, you can predict how they're going to vote. They're yeah. going to vote in favor of big government. Uh, we just have to keep pushing. There's so many other issues we have to keep pushing forward on all, on all fronts. And... Um, 
we have to realize too how critical this this presidential election is as well and the senate election mm -hmm. because they are likely the next president and senate are likely to determine two or three justices supreme court justices without a doubt and that that's going to be a major thing and yeah. i'm surprised honestly that there hasn't been a big push by this current administration to kind of unseat some of the current ones that well were they're there. trying they're, they're trying, trying with I, clarence thomas in particular yeah and obviously that would be a big turnaround to, to yeah. have Clarence step down. But, you know, when you look at the vote that happened as a 5-4 vote that happened last week about Texas mm -hmm. uh, or this past week yeah. about Texas, uh, two people were uh, that voted in the favor of the majority were put in by Republican presidents. Right, right, right. Well, uh, John Roberts, is uh, he's he's definitely been a swing vote. I wouldn't call him a solid conservative, at least from my point of view. Amy Coney Barrett has been uh, been very strong on some issues, mm -hmm. but on the issues of federalism, obviously she's got a different viewpoint from, I would say, probably the majority of conservatives. I think that's a really good explanation to a lot of us why that uh, there seems to be a measure of inconsistency, and it's probably that one issue mm -hmm. of states' rights, federalism, that is uh, the cause for where they would vote for something that makes no sense. Yep. Yep. That's, that's something. Chris Messina is my guest. We've got one more time with him coming up. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. You will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. The time is rocking away here with Chris Messina. My goodness, when you get to talking about things that I think are as important as what we're facing in our world today. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it just goes by quickly when you start thinking and I get a guy here in the chair that you're filling right now and you're informed. You're you obviously read a lot. You keep up with what's going on. You're involved your own heart. You've run for Orange County mayor in yes. uh, the 22 election. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm glad to know that you're still pushing the envelope, if you will, as to getting people involved. Yeah, maybe making the right issues known yeah. and getting the word out there. Well, thank you, Mike. And you're actually, you, you, you have the platform and you're doing it. So it's just a real pleasure to be here and um, to be on your, your show. Well, thank you. Uh, it's kind of a, a, an interesting pulpit, is it not, that I've switched from being a, one that speaks only on Sundays uh, or sings. Mm -hmm. I was a worship leader for 40 plus years. So this is a different kind of pulpit. In a, in a real way to get to have and present people like you on the air yeah. so that people can hear. Right. And I really do believe that that's one of the things that we, we must have. And again, going back, quoting my friend Dave mm -hmm. Zanotti, he talks about the power that a lot of people have you know, thought, said radio was dying. And he goes, uh-uh, the power of radio is that we still have a voice right. that's going out right. there. And we never know where that voice is being heard. Exactly. And many times people are in transit and they want to listen to some godly wisdom and and capture that. And, and to have a show like yours that um, provides that is, is, is a wonderful service yeah, to I appreciate Greater that. Orlando. 
Well, I, I appreciate it. And we go out beyond Orlando. Obviously, we're up in Ocala mm-hmm. and the villages. We have a lot of our listeners in the Wonderful. villages that yeah. are retired people that are very involved and they care. They I mean, do. That demographic right there alone, if we only took that one to talk about today, they still care. They're- yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I was running uh, my campaign for Orange County Mayor, I was invited up to the villages to talk and super engaged uh, oh, yeah. and very, very knowledgeable uh, group. Yeah. And and some of them became wonderful supporters. And, and so, yeah, I have a special place in my heart for the villages. Yeah. And then we go in Gainesville and we mm-hmm. have a different demographic there. Yeah. They're the university town. And obviously with any major university, there's going to be a lot of liberal thinkers. But yet in the middle of that, that's an, <laughs> I love Alachua County's uh, tendencies for uh, great numbers on both sides. So in a real way, they're a microcosm of what we're seeing happen in America today. Right. And hopefully it's a place of healthy debate mm-hmm. where people can learn and can respect each other and learn from varied opinions. And, you know, I really believe that gospel-based based truth will carry the day. I believe it too, my friend. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a question for sure. you in the balance of our time here today. Let's talk about this, hope, and mm-hmm. how can people like yourself, who obviously you're a one who you have a deep sense, I believe, of common sense. I'm thinking, it's what we need. Yeah. It's why when I met you, uh, standing talking with you, I thought, this is a guy I got to get on my radio show. Thank you. I really mean it because you. you have common sense. Mm-hmm. How? What are the first steps that we can do as people to help Mm. others who might be, mm, if not woefully deficient (laughs) of common sense, maybe they're a tad short, a tad dry of common sense. What can we do? Well, I think the first thing is to show people that you care about them, you know, in in the sense that that, um, everybody's going to have difficult times. And if you can come alongside somebody in the, mm-hmm. the, the, that time, that's, that's a good starting point. Another is that God will always open an opportunity. And, and if you're, you feel this inside you to share the gospel with somebody, it's not every time you talk to them, it's not every person, but you can, you can feel it. I, I know there are times where I, f- I feel God pressing on me saying, you know, share the, share the, share the good news. Just talk with somebody and inevitably they'll say, you know what? You're the second or third person that said that to me, or I feel like God's been, been calling me. And I, I think, I think the transformation that comes from having a relationship with God helps bring that common sense to the, uh, the forefront because the things that aren't common sense are really um, coming from a very different place. Yeah. Boy, that's well said. A different place. That was about as nice of a of an Andrew Carnegie answer that I've ever heard. <laughs> They're coming from a place, all right. That's a different place. And yet we have a lot of people, I think, who are waking up mm-hmm. and realizing that these policies, I mean, inflation alone, if we didn't have anything else yep. than inflation uh, to be uh, waking us up, that w- that's enough to do it right there. Inflation is... is, is- is greater than is being stated. So, you know, the, the, they revised the CPI, mm. the Consumer Price Index. They, they revise it up. They report it. And, and for the past six to eight months, it's been revised up two weeks later. 
Yeah. So it's so it's consistently being fudged because it's much worse than than you think. And it makes sense. We have a government that's thirty four trillion dollars in debt. Every hundred days, we add another trillion dollars. This is the federal government in debt. That's one thousand billion dollars in additional debt. Now think of that as a you couldn't possibly run if you were a family and every hundred days you added another ten thousand dollars in debt. You know. Yeah, Could it's you not survive? It's not, it's not sustainable. And, yeah. it's, and we're printing money, printing a lot of excess money in order to cover that debt. And that's filtering through the economy as inflation. So housing, gas, transportation, all those, all energy costs, all those costs are, are going up. And, and it's a big issue right here in the local level. And it's how national policies affect local realities. Mm-hmm. All right, now I, here's another thought. Yeah. Morale of the mm. people, and I know that when you ran, you were bumping into that every time sure. you would be out doing a stump yep. and talking to people, uh, especially morale in the military, something mm. as important as that. Yep. Where do you see American morale being right now? Well, so the military is really a, a great concern. So um, we have very good family friends whose daughter... Uh, her lifelong dream was to be in West Point. So she, she got in super talented um, individual, great leader, but she, for a variety of reasons, did not want to be forced to take the COVID vaccine. Mm. And that was seen as a test of loyalty. And, and so this is in the U S military Academy and she, and a couple of others, uh, young women um, with super high leadership potential left the U S military Academy because they didn't want to be coerced yeah. to 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 do something like that. So the morale of our military is really being gutted. They, uh, we're falling short in terms of recruitment standards. And why? It's because uh, all these policies that um, have nothing to do with being an effective military, but have everything to do with social engineering are being forced on U.S. military. It, it, it's it's a grave national concern and i'm sure military enrollment from florida which has predominantly been one of the major providers of young men and women to the armed forces is down oh now here's another one this one again i i saw the headline Mm -hmm. and i had to read it twice to think wait a minute what because you talk about common sense or the lack thereof mm-hmm. this if if there was ever anything or a subject matter that needed common sense it's this one yeah. and that was the government's uh, recruiting people with significant emotional and intellectual problems to be involved in the FAA the air air traffic what in the world is going on what could happen with that so well, that's a that's a recipe for disaster. You know, Alaska Airlines had a had one of the doors of its plane uh, blow off mid flight, yeah. and uh, you, you there have been several near misses in terms. And the air traffic controllers are responsible for preventing that. So I, I believe trying to push social engineering into the federal aviation FAA is federal aviation administration is, is a recipe for, for disaster. And many people I know are becoming more and more reluctant to fly. And that, that's, that's, 
that's changing the the nature of our society as well. Yeah, and, and they're I, doing I, it for good reason. I just booked a flight for myself, so <laughs> oh my goodness. I've got to rethink it now. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is so true. I mean, you brought up all ago the whole issue, and we're seeing again this thing about the vaccine. Uh, there are, are people that we have on our station that from the get-go, mm-hmm. uh, I think of Matt Staver and the yep. Liberty Council, yeah, no, from the get-go, they saw through the danger mm-hmm. and they warned people. They warned people when they were being mocked by other news media and things like right. that. But you know what? They haven't changed their tune whatsoever. And now it's being proven that they were right. Yeah. Yeah. I was always in the, that same camp as, as well. And uh, one of the initiatives that that I tried to promote locally and now I'm promoting at a state level is to set up a restitution fund for um, county employees across the state of Florida who were forced to uh, or and coerced to take the COVID vaccine and were harmed economically or physically because of that. And um, to have this fund be funded um, with the with payouts reclaimed from local county budgets. Now, you mentioned earlier the issue mm. of uh, kind of adjusting it upwards on the when we were talking about the inflation rates. Yeah. I think the same thing is true when it comes to reporting on the negative impact of this vaccine. I, yeah. I don't think Americans have any idea how many people have suffered physically because of that vaccine? That that that's that's really true, and and there are a couple of people to follow who are experts on this. Naomi Wolf, uh, Peter, uh, Doctor Peter McCullough. Hmm. Um, these are these are some. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has written a whole book about the the dangers of the the vaccine, and and yeah. these are people to to follow and to see the writings if you're at all interested in this, but it's a very substantial issue. And we're going to see the cost of that uh, over the next couple of years, I, I, I'm afraid. I, I think you're right. And the cost could be in lives. Yeah, yeah I'm actually specifically referring yeah. to wow. costs in, wow. in lives and disabilities. Yeah, because it, it, uh, it does a whole lot more than what we were told that it did. And a whole lot less than what it was supposed to. <laughs> That's well said. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, what can people do to find out more about you, my friend? Sure. I have a website. It's chrismessina.com. My first name, Chris, last name, M-E-S-S-I-N-A.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Getter at Chris Messina FL. Now, are you writing a book on all of the stuff that you're doing? You need to be, man. Maybe, maybe if you'll co-author it with me. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. But that's that. Yeah, I don't think you need forward. my help. I, yeah, I'll do the forward yeah. for you. There you go. I'll do that. Uh, that would be an honor, and I do mean that very much. Chris Messina, my guest today, thank you for being up here, and I can't wait to have you back on my show again. Thank you, Mike. It was a real pleasure, and, and ditto the same. Well, it's been a blast, and friends, thank you for being with us as well. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 